الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ان اول بيت وضع للناس الذي ببكه مباركا وهدى للعالمين فيه ايات بينات مقام ابراهيم ومن دخله كان امنا ولله على الناس حج البيت من استطاع اليه سبيلا ومن كفر فان الله غني عن العالمين صدق الله العظيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home. Just to continue from the last session where we left off. In the last session we touched on the significance of Rukn Yamani, the Hatim, Hajr al-Aswad, Maqam Ibrahim and the Multazim and inshallah in this session without wasting time we'll go into the significance of what is inside the Kaaba, the interior of the Kaaba. The ulama have said that if one was to enter the Kaaba, inside the Kaaba, the first thing he would see is three wooden pillars three wooden pillars it's not just an empty space that is there three wooden pillars supporting the roof of the Kaaba and each of the pillar is approximately two meters apart it is said that Imam Adam Abu Hanifa rahmatullah went for his Hajj once and this honor was given to him to enter inside the Kaaba and he performed two rakats nafal inside and in his first rakat he read approximately 16 to 17 para and in his second rakat he completed the entire Quran and after completing the Quran, he started to cry inside and says, Ya Allah, how Nu'man has to worship you, he has not worshipped you. Forgive me. This is Imam Adam Abu Hanifa Rahmatullah, great scholars. A lot of the Akabirin, great scholars, dignitaries, Muslim kings have had this opportunity to view from the outside, also from the inside. Uh, not only uh, the hujra of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the chamber of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, but also Khanai Kaaba itself. So as you enter, you the first thing you see is three wooden pillars, and if you go further on from where the door is, the wall that is absolutely in front of you, there is a mihrab that is there. And the ulama say that that mihrab that you see in front of you 
is to indicate that this is where Hazrat Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had performed his Salat. It has always been the habit of the Fuqaha and the Mu'arrifin that whenever anything is associated with Huzur Alayhi Salatu Wasalam, it is recorded into the history books either by some form of a, a writing or even to make a mihrab or a structure or a building there. That is why Umar bin Abdul Aziz radiallahu ta'ala and he is the first man to construct the mihrab in Masjid Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wasallam to indicate that this is where Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam performed salah and this is where Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala and performed salah. Hazrat Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala and says that this is the exact location where Aap sallallahu alayhi wasallam had performed salah and that is why the mihrab is there and that information was given to him by the muazzin of Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam who was Hazrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala and told him that this is where Huzul alayhi salatu wasalam performed salah so a lot of the, the, the scholars who have seen the Kaaba from inside they pray this, you can pray salat anywhere inside but a lot of them want to pray in front of that mihrab for the barakat that Huzul alayhi salatu wasalam had performed salat there the ulama say that immediately if you were to enter into the Kaaba building from the outside to inside, on your right hand side, immediately on your right hand side is a small chamber and that chamber inside it is, uh, has got a flight of stairs and those stairs take you up to the rooftop of the Kaaba from the inside it will take you outside on the roof of Kaaba the door that opens up into that chamber is known as Babu Tawba, the door of repentance. Tawbaka Darwaza. Like how you have the black cloth from outside covering the walls of Kaaba, <coughs> you have one cloth that is inside the Kaaba and a covering inside the wall of the Kaaba and the color of the cloth inside is green and that is overlapping the door that is inside which is known as Babu Tawbah so you have a flight of stairs so if anybody was to go enter from that door he will have the opportunity to climb up the stairs and go onto the rooftop and there is an exit on the top and usually this exit only opens once in a year once in a year the ulama say when uh, the new covering the cloth of the Kaaba has to be fitted that is the time some of the people climb up onto the rooftop of Kaaba or sometimes when Gusl is given to Kaaba that is the time you will see some of the brothers, local brothers there uh, who work obviously uh, and who understand the, the adab and the ihtiram of the Kaaba they are special people who will climb on top of the Kaaba and see everything so you only have one exit from inside to go on the top and that is a very small entry and the green curtain that you see there some of the Quranic ayats are written on that material the color is green and it starts off with the kalima la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah and another verse that is written on that material 
is with regards to the ayat, ayat which I read in the khutbah now, in the awwala baytin wudi'a linnas lalladhi bibakkata mubaraka wa hudallil alameen. Which talks about the history of this building, that this building is the first building to stand on the face of this earth, the first structure, the foundation is Khanai Kaaba. Uh, another verse that is also there is قَدْ نَرَى تَقَلُّبَ وَجْهِكَ فِي السَّمَاءِ In Surah Al-Baqarah, this ayat karima refers to the time when Huzur والسلام, was in his salah facing towards Baytul Muqaddis, which is the first Qibla, Jerusalem. Rab sallallahu alayhi wasallam's intention was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then tell him to divert from that position towards Baytul Haram, towards the Kaaba which Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam had built. So in anticipation all the time, Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam would wait for the Wahi to come. And at that moment this ayat karima was revealed That now you may turn your face towards Masjid Al-Haram So this verse is also written on this uh, material, green material And the last wazifa that is there is Ya Hannanu, Ya Mannanu, Ya Zul Jalali, Wal Ikram So basically this is uh, the interior of the Kaaba, it's empty and the floor, the ground of the Kaaba, some of the ulama say that in color it is completely white. Some say that it is pure marble. Allahu alam. Some have even said that even today inside the Kaaba there is this wooden box. Like how the Qurayshi people would store all the treasures and the money that was given to the Qurayshi people as a gift and a donation towards the maintenance of Masjid al-Haram, that money was kept safe inside the building, inside the Kaaba, and even today there is this wooden box. And in that wooden box, perhaps some uh, gifts are still there, Wallahu alam. but this is according to some of the Mu'arrikheen. It would be nice if uh, one would meet someone who has had the opportunity to go inside the Kaaba and for him to describe to us how the Kaaba looks today because there have been so many changes to the walls, to the exterior, to the interior, to the roof even uh, I think it was three to four years ago when I was in Umrah and a major construction was taking place with the walls of Kaaba in fact, you could not see the walls at all. Everything was completely sealed off. And this was about three to four years ago. So everything is changing all the time. So it would be nice if uh, you would meet someone who has had the opportunity to recently go and view the Kaaba from the inside. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has all the knowledge. Then we come on to the door of Kaaba. Now the first man to introduce a door to the Kaaba, the Mu'arrikhin say that it was Hadrat Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. But in the time of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, the door was very very simple. It was always open, it did not have any lock system, just a simple door, no handles. Everybody had an opportunity to go inside. This was in the time of Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. 
after Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, one of the great contributions that an individual has made to, towards Khana Ka'ama is the very famous king of Yemen, whose name is As'ad, whose name is As'ad al-Tubba, a very famous king. And he came long before Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the Yemeni king, and he made a solid door for the Kaaba. So he was the first man, according to uh, the historians, who fitted a perfect door that would shut and open and lock. This man was uh, privileged very much. A lot of the ulama have spoken greatly about this individual, a great Buzrug. In fact, he is the one who came with a team of scholars from Yemen and when they came to Madinatul Munawwara, the entire team of the ulama, and I mentioned this in one of the dubs, they all decided to stay in Madinatul Munawwara because of the signs they could see in Madinatul Munawwara. They knew that this is the city of the Prophet The last messenger will migrate to Madinatul Munawwara. And this king from his own money and wealth gave them money and also built for them the houses. That is why Huzur alayhi salatu was salam has said in a hadith, La hasada. Hasad is not jive. To be envious, to be jealous in a way that is not jive. But if Hasad was jive, if it was lawful in Islam, it would only be for towards two types of people. Illa ala isnain in one revive. Rajulun atahullahul Quran. A man who Allah has given the knowledge of the Quran. Subhanallah. He has the full knowledge of the Qur'an, he understands the Qur'an. He understands fiqah, he understands the usul, he understands the law, he understands the tajweed, he understands the Qur'an. He has this mastery over the Qur'an. And that he is engaged in the recitation and imparting the knowledge of the Qur'an every hour of the day and night. If hasad was jaiz, if it was jaiz, that you can be envious towards someone, then it would be in, in the case of this individual. Allahu Allah. And Wasallam says that another great quality inside an individual is Rajulun Atahullahu Malan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him wealth. Fahuwa yunfiku minhu. And that he spends the wealth that Allah has given him without the fear of poverty. Without the fear that if I give him the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I am losing out. I am losing my profit. He does not fear that. He has the full yaqeen that if I give him the path of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will return that to me in many folds. So if it was jaiz, then it would be jaiz for the two people that have been mentioned. So it, it is a great quality, great na'mah, and great contribution came from this king, king whose name was As'ad al-Tubba. So he was the second person after Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salatu was salam to actually uh, build a door inside the Kaaba that would close, that would open and an expensive door, a quality door. Later on, 
throughout history we go on to the time of the Qurayshi people the Qurayshi people what they did is that they closed the second door in the time of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam you had two doors of the Kaaba but when the Qurayshi people built the Kaaba they shut the second door and left only one door open and like I mentioned in the last session that the, lo- the door was lifted up from the ground even today it's lifted up and the reason for that is that they wanted the sole power and authority that no one can enter the Kaaba without their permission. So this was the contribution done by the Qurayshi people that they only uh, they closed the second door and one door was open and obviously again that door was strong, it had locks, you could close it and you could open it. Now the material used for the door of Kaaba today. Allahu Akbar. The Saudi government has spent a lot of money. A lot of money. And in a way, a lot of khidmat has been done by the Saudi government. It is said that the door of the door that you see today is gold. What is it? Pure gold. And one section of that door in Riyadh, it comes to 13 million 420,000 Riyals. 13 million 420,000 Riyals. That is the amount of Riyals. If it, I mean, as in if you change that into gold, that is how much the gold is worth, just in one section. And on the other part of the door, it is said that still today they are it is estimated that approximately 280 kilograms of gold is fitted in it. 280. If we were to uh, change the currency, 13,420,000 mushtaq, <laughs> we tried 2.26 million pounds. 2.2 million. Now that's a lot. A very, very expensive door so th- th- and that this door is pure gold this is the contribution wallahu alam now this money how it comes in but it is a great contribution a lot of khidmat has been done by khadimul haramain al-sharifain malik al-fahad and uh, uh, the ali saud family that came into power the ayat verses of the quran written on the door also many verses but one verse that is written on the door of the Kaaba the famous ayat of the Quran is Udkhuluha bisalamin aminin that enter from this door with security and peace security and peace another verse which is also written on the door of Kaaba is Qul ya ibadi alladhina asrafu ala anfusihim la taqnatu min rahmatillah O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Say it to the people that don't be dejected from the mercy of your Lord. Don't think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not watching you. Don't think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is not with you. Allah's mercy is with you. Allah has the power to wipe out all your sins. Jitne guna ki hai Allah rabbul alameen saare ke saare maaf kar din. Many, many verses are there, but these are the very famous two verses of the Quran still today found uh, on the door of Kaaba. Now, 
we go on to the key of the Kaaba. Approximately the key is 40 centimeters long. Musaba, have you got a key as long as that? No. No. 40 <laughs> centimeters. Now the door is quite thick of the Kaaba. So for the for the key to go in, the key is approximately 40 centimeters. And it is kept inside a pure silk bag to make sure that the metal, the iron, everything of that key is preserved. No rust comes to it. Wazud alayhi salatu was salam has said in a hadith, Inna hadihil kuluba tasda'u kama yasda'ul hadith idha asabahul ma that the hearts rust up like how the iron can get rusty when water touches it. And the companion said to Huzur alayhi salatu was salam, O Prophet of Allah, if the heart can rust, ma jila'uha, then what is the cure? How can we get rid of this rust that is in the heart? And Huzur alayhi salatu was salam said, kathratu zikril maut, constantly remembering death, all the time, that death will come to you. And then Abu Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, وَتِلَاوَةِ الْقُرْآنِ And continuously recitation of the Qur'an, reciting the Qur'an will take away the rust from your heart. All the time, having this figure that one day I will, one day I have to go from this. Allahu Akbar. Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz radiallahu ta'ala and it is said about him that uh, in one of his house there was uh, to go to one room to another room he had to climb uh, uh, stairs and uh, the one part of the stairs there was one stone that was very very loose and every time Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz rahmatullah would climb up the stairs he was very very careful of that stone making sure that whilst he's climbing he's extremely careful. Now the Khadima that was in the house noticed that all the time Hazrat Amirul Mu'mineen, Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz, when he climbs up the stairs, perhaps the stone is in his way, it's not secure. So what she did is that she fixed the stone with cement so that it does not move. Later on when Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz climbed up the stairs, he noticed that the, the stone was not moving. So he said to the Khadima that how come, what has happened here? So the Khadima said that Hazrat, I did not want you to fall from the stairs by tripping over the stone or to make life difficult for you every time you climb up the stairs you are so careful. So I just fixed the stone for you with the cement or plaster that was there. And Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz said that no, I could have done that. The reason why I did not do that is that every time I went up the stairs, it reminded me of Pul Sirat. Subhanallah. It reminded me of Pul Sirat. That in this dunya, I am so careful of that stone that I don't trip and I don't fall because of that one stone. It would remind me all the time that on the day of Qiyamah, every single individual will have to pass from the Pul Sirat. So, and it is because of that 
this, this one stone I left because it was doing my Islam. And these were incredible people whose hearts and eyes were set to the hereafter but not to this dunya. So by constantly remembering death and recitation of the Quran, what will happen? The, the zang and the, the rust of the hearts will be removed. So the bag that is used is of pure silk, 40 centimeters, and it is put inside. Now the first man to have the key of the Kaaba, the ulama say, is Hazrat Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam. He would have a simple key, and after that, the key was given to his son, Hazrat Sabit. And then after that, the key came to his in laws, the tribe of Jurhum. And after the tribe of Jurhum, the key was given to the tribe of Khuza'a. And after the tribe of Khuza'a, now coming close to the time of Rasulullah, that key was given to Qusayd bin Kilab. Now, Qusayd bin Kilab was an, is an important man here. He is the fourth grandfather of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. After Qusayd bin Kilab, this key was given to Hazrat Uthman bin Talha radiallahu ta'ala an. Now, this key was in his possession even before Abu sallallahu alayhi wasallam had conquered Mecca and before migration. One incident that occurred between him and Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam is recorded in the books of history. It is said that before migration, when Kufari Quraysh were in control of Makkatul Mukarramah, Abu sallallahu alayhi wasallam, now the, the door of Kaaba would open up only twice in a week, Monday and on a Thursday. And Uthman bin Talha would be there responsible. He would open the door of Kaaba on a Monday, People had the opportunity to go inside and perform salah or whatever they, they wanted to do. And it was shut after that and again opened on a Thursday. Wasallam came and with, his, with the group of companions and Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam said to Uthman bin Talha that allow me to enter the Kaaba. At that time there were also idols in there. But Kaaba was such a structure that was revered and respected by all. The Jews, the Christians, the Muslims, Kofare. Makkah, Mushrikeen, all. And the first building that was built by Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam and all accepted Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. And he refused. He said that no, permission of entry is not given to you. And Abu sallallahu alayhi wasallam looked at him and he said to Uthman, Uthman, today you are refusing me to enter the Kaaba. What will happen when the keys of Kaaba are in my hands? And I am in control, not only of Masjid al-Haram, but the entire Makkah. And very surprisingly, he started in a smirk and he started to laugh and he said, then that day will be the day of great humiliation for the people of Quraysh. That he could not imagine. How can Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with a group, handful of companions take over the control of Makkah al-Mukarramah whilst the Qurayshi people are so strong and powerful and that the keys will come to his possession. He said, that, that is something that I cannot believe. Abu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that that is what you will have to believe. And Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam said that is not the day of disgrace for the Qurayshi people but it will be the day of honor for the people of Quraysh. Allahu Akbar. Now, the words of Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam always have an impact in an individual. 
He says, I noticed that Wuzul alayhi salatu wasalam turned his back away from me and walked with the group of companions. He did not force himself into the Kaaba. And I opened the door of the Kaaba and I went inside and I sat inside the Kaaba and in my heart I knew that whatever Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam has said, it is nothing but the truth. Exactly like when Abu Jahl was questioned in a battlefield, that what is your opinion of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? Is he sadiqun, the truthful one, am huwa kathibun? Or is he an imposter or a liar? And Abu Jahl looked everywhere, right and left, scanning through. Uh, when he noticed that no one is around, and he whispered in his ears and he says, Wallahi inna Muhammadan la sadiqun. And he took an oath in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Abu Jahl is testifying, he said, there is no doubt uh, that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is who the people title him to be, Muhammad Sadiqul Amin. Muhammad Sadiqul Amin. Lekin ye zidl, kuch aisi cheez hoti hai ke insaan kabhi iman se bhi mahroom reh jata hai. Allah rabbul alamin mere aapke dil ko naram kar le. This attitude, we need to have the right attitude. Hazrat Shah, Allahu Akbar, forget the name of the scholar, a great scholar who fought for the independence of India. And uh, I remember how some of the Muslims are and how they question. And he was delivering a lecture and he said that, oh Muslims, Alhamdulillah, to keep a beard, it is a sunnah. Now this man, Muslim, stood up and he said, Maulana Saab, you're talking about the beard, but beard, to keep a beard, it is something that is unnatural. To have a beard, it is unnatural. And Maulana Saab said to him, how is it unnatural? He says, when the child is born, when the mother gives birth to the child, everything is there, but the beard is not there. So the beard is unnatural. No beard. So it is unnatural. Why are you saying we have to keep a beard? It is illogical. It is unnatural. So if, if, if beard did not come with the birth of the child, then it is unnatural. So we should cut the beard and trim the beard and shave it out. So Maulana Sahib said, that's very good. What about the, your teeth? Huh? Huh? What about your teeth? How many are there? Batis. Batis dan ko phor do, tor do. Or bokhle ban jau. Or khokhle ban jau. <laughs> if beard is unnatural, then the teeth are... The most basic thing for a human being is to eat. And believe me, if you don't have teeth, the grinders... Uh, someone said to me that it is natural to be a vegetarian. I said, impossible. Impossible. I said, if you look at the selection and the presentation of the teeth, the dentures and everything that is there, Allah has made the teeth such that it cuts the meat, not vegetables. As human beings, Allah has designed the teeth in such a way that he's an omnivore. 
Subhanallah. He can eat all, vegetables and meat. He's a meat eater. And to eat meat, it is natural. He has to eat meat. غیر مسلم تھا He wanted to prove his point. Unnatural. شیر کے سامنے you put huh? a lion is there and you open his mouth and you put some کیا vegetable کے نام لے potatoes potatoes کیا what will the lion do nothing Allah he needs meat to eat مسلمان کا شیر ہوتا ہے مسلمان درتا مسلمان تو مجاہد ہوتا ہے مسلمان تو کسی سے نہیں درتا مسلمان کو موت سے بھی نہیں درتا death is nothing الموت جسر يوصل الحبيب إلى الحبيب فذا مؤمن فذا بريبة جنة سبحان الله فهم الله سبحانه وتعالى سبحان الله has made jannah for the believers for those who say لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله who else will occupy jannah the malaika the angels angels don't need jannah they don't even eat for them there is no pleasure pleasure for them is only in worshiping الله سبحانه وتعالى they have no خايش خايش desire is only for human beings Jannat is for the believers, those who believe in Anbiya alayhimu salatu was salam Who took Isa alayhi salam to be the messenger of Allah, they will enter Jannat Who took Huzur alayhi salatu was salam as the mighty messenger of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will enter Jannat Subhanallah So, this is Islam, my respected brothers and elders We are talking about the, the key of the Kaaba First, Hazrati Ismail alayhi salatu was salam the key was in his hands and then no we're going back to Hazrat Uthman bin Talha radiyallahu ta'ala an when Huzur alayhi salatu was salam Hazrat Uthman bin Talha was the one who refused Huzur alayhi salatu was salam to enter into the Kaaba it is said that when Huzur alayhi salatu was salam went away he said that the, the love of Islam sparked into my heart when I saw Huzur alayhi salatu was salam and from, from that period of time, the two to three days after meeting Huzur alayhi salatu was salam, I wanted to embrace Islam. So those who were close to me, I said to them that perhaps it would be better for me to become a Muslim. And, and for that individual to become a Muslim who has the keys of Kaaba, it is the greatest tragedy for the Qurayshi people. They rebuked him and they said that, what are you talking about? How can you become a Muslim? Don't even think of it. And he said, because of the pressure of the people, I stayed in that condition of kufr, but the love of Islam had already entered my heart. He said, until one day, Huzur alayhi salatu was salam had already migrated to Madinatul Munawwara, I decided that in the night, in the most discreet way, I shall go out from Makkatul Mukarramah to Madinatul Munawwara and meet Huzur alayhi salatu was salam and embrace Islam on his hands. And he said that, subhanallah, that night when Hazrat Uthman bin Talha was going out of Makkatul Mukarramah on his way, he meets the greatest warrior, the fighter, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. Khalid bin Walid is there with his son. Where are you going? <laughs> Now, out of all the people to meet Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, yeah. all the people. Now, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid was, in his entire life, was in jihad. The greatest mujahid. Sahaba Kiram Ajmain knew that. Whenever Khalid bin Walid was in the battlefield, the companions were confident. That is it. Victory is for us. 
He became so famous for his bravery that Hazrat Amr radiallahu ta'ala had to depose him from his position so that the aqaid of the people would be such that no victory does not come because of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. Victory comes because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah. And imagine the ra'ab that Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anha. This is what the, what the scholars say. Very few have that power. That even after removing someone like Khalid bin Walid from that position, none of the Muslims or the companions had the power to look at Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and, and say to him, why? Why this decision? This was the rob, this was the power that whatever Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala and says, goes. This was his decision. So he very bravely said to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, look, you have no right to stop me. I'm on my way to Medina to Munawwara to become a Muslim. Hazrat Khalid bin Walid says to him that, don't go alone, let me join you because I also want to become a Muslim. Subhanallah. إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَطْرِ وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسَ يَدْخُلُونَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ أَفْوَاجًا And when you see that groups upon groups of people, communities upon communities, tribes upon tribes enter into Islam, these are clear signs that the doors of Islam have opened up for everyone. Khalid bin Walid, Uthman bin Talha, come to Medina to Munawwara and he comes to Medina to Munawwara with the key of Kaaba. Why the Qureshi people are still there? Huh? This is power. This is Huzur alayhi salatu wassalam. In Medina, the key of the Kaaba is in his control. If we turn to Islam 100% and the speaker, the speaker is the weakest of all, every one of us completely humble to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then for sure victory is for the believers. For sure victory is for the Muslimin. And then he says that finally when Allah commanded Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam to march into Makkah, what is known as the famous conquest, entering Makkah al-Mukarramah, Fatihana as a great conqueror, victorious, and the one who is to take full control of Makkah al-Mukarramah. Now, Absalallahu comes to Makkah al-Mukarramah with all the companions and all the kuffar some have taken refuge in that house in that, or some have ran away some are in the house of Abu Sufyan a lot surrendered to Huzur alayhi salatu wassalam and now that saying of Huzur alayhi salatu wassalam has to materialize when Huzur alayhi salatu wassalam said to Uthman bin Tala Uthman what will be of you when I take the key of Kaaba from your hands. For he wants disrespected Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam. And then Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam is there in front of the Kaaba. Hazrat Abbas is with him and Osman is there. And the Kaaba is in front of Huzur alayhi salam. Mm. sallallahu alayhi wasalam is now looking at Osman and saying, Osman, the keeper of the keys, Osman, give me the keys. And Hazrat Osman, very reluctant, great honor. This is great honor. From Qusay bin Kilab, from generations, it comes to Uthman bin Talha, and now Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam is taking away the key of Kaaba from him. And very slowly he takes out the key, and as he is about to hand the key to Huzur alayhi salam, 
حضرت عباس دا انکل is there and حضرت عباس said ya رسول اللہ you'd rather give the keys of Kaaba to me and I will look after you when حضرت عباس said that حضرت عثمان took the keys back آپ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم said to عثمان عثمان give the keys of Kaaba to me and حضرت عثمان again now حضرت عثمان can give the key to حضور علیہ السلام but not prepared to give it to حضرت عباس now حضرت عباس wants that honor the Uzur alayhi salatu wassalam gives the key Hazrat Uthman gives the key to the Prophet again Hazrat Abbas intervenes and says Ya Rasulullah you'd rather give the keys to me Hazrat Uthman again pulling the key to him and then finally Uzur alayhi salam said to Uthman Uthman if you believe in Allah and if you believe in the last day give the key release the key to me and Hazrat Uthman quickly gives the key to Uzur alayhi salatu wassalam and says Ya Rasulullah do with the key whatever you want but now this was the prophecy of Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam that has to come true that what will happen to you, what will be of you and the people of Quraysh when you surrender the key to me and he, and he could not see that scene and picture it he had no vision for that and he had to see that why? because Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam has uttered that the words have come out from the mouth of Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam that can never be false Absalam takes the key, goes into the Kaaba, performs salah, and as he comes out, he says to the companions that this verse was revealed to me in Allah Yamurukuman to Adul Amanati ila Ahliha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed to me this ayah that O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam returned the amanat to, to those who this trust belongs to. And Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam took the key, looked at Abbas radiallahu ta'ala and said, Allah has commanded me to return this key back to Uthman bin Talha. And Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam gave the key to Uthman bin Talha. And after that again, the great miracle of Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam is that Absalallahu alayhi wasalam said, Uthman, this key for generations will be with you until the day of Qiyamah. No one will have the power to take this key away from you. So many kings have come. The Abbasid Khilafat came. The Ottoman Empire came. The Hazrat Amir Muawiyah's time came. And kings came and they went. Huh? The King Fahad came. Ali Saud came. The Saudi regime came. Everything has changed. Everything has changed in Makkatul Mukarramah, but the prophecy of Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam has not changed. Until today that key remains in the family line of Hazrat Uthman bin Talha radiallahu ta'ala. Hazrat Uthman bin Talha passed away and this key was given to Hazrat Shayba and, it, and this key today remains in the hands of the children of Hazrat Shayba radiallahu ta'ala until today. Even King Fahd or any of the kings have never ever taken this key away and whenever someone wants to enter Khanai Kaaba permission is taken from the people of Shaiba, the children of Shaiba, the children of Hazrat Uthman bin Talha. This is a miracle of Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam which will remain forever. Inshallah ta'ala we will continue with the the rest of the history and the significance of Khan Kaaba in the next session. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.
اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد النبي الامي وعلى اله وسلم تسليما اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك عبدك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك عبدك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وانت المستعان وليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله سمعنا واطعنا غفرانك ربنا واليك المصير برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين